Hey all, Alan here, and welcome to A Journey's Rest, a podcast focused on the vast but deep set of topics about the complexity and joy of roleplay games. Whether you need to attune to a magic item, regain some hit points, change out spell slots, or just reminisce with friends, here we sit down for around about an hour and enjoy ourselves. This week, Barry is back from his Shadow Crusade, and instead of hacking and slashing his way through an oppressive authoritarian regime, he's hacking and slashing through the difficulty of lore dumps. Which is more difficult task? You decide! Sadly, Barry accidentally incapacitated Zack with all the hacking and slashing, so he isn't here this week, but he will be back soon. everyone my name is alan and welcome to a journey's rest it's fun to have you here um today i actually have a guest and his name is barry and you heard him on episode something a while ago and i can't remember exactly what one it is but uh he is here with me today and we have no zach so we're, Zach's taking a break uh, for a week, and we were just going to go ahead and keep on keeping on, and I thought that it would be real nice to have Barry here and talk about some cool stuff. Wait, wait, wait. You want me to clap with my hands? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't expect for the podcast to devolve into vulgarity so quickly, Barry. Come now. What? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what you mean by vulgarity. <laughs> Just wondered if you had initially meant for me to use my hands. That's not that's not the the way I took it, but I wondered if that's how I should have. Okay, well, you're right. I should have been much I should have been much clearer. You're completely correct, Barry. I should have been clearer. <laughs> well, uh today everybody, we we have some cool topics that we want to talk about. Things that have been kind of going on with us recently. So, Barry, what are you what were we going to talk about today? Today, we were going to talk about pacing running a D&D game, yep. or for playing a D&D game, and wondering about what your character should be doing, and when, whether or not you might be uh, monopolizing on time, or whether conversations are, are taking longer than they would out of game, than they would in game, specifically during expositional segments of, like, Oh, you look at an object, and here's a longer description of what you see, but obviously, in-game time, you're only taking a second right. to actually see all of this stuff. Right. And it's just keeping the flow of the game, um, and and descriptions out of game in some, some relative terms of sync. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be super hard, especially when you want to deliver a lot of information all at once. Um, it's, it's difficult because sometimes you don't know if your players are going to be doing or interacting with that. Right. So like if, if, for example, like, let's say I have this, um, magic baseball and my players are like, cool, here's a magic baseball. And I was like, okay, that baseball's magic, but they don't know it, but then they never like do anything with it. And then like maybe 20 sessions later, they say, oh, look at this magic baseball. And they accidentally unlock its supreme home run powers and then you have to describe that and you don't have anything prepared it can be kind of difficult because then all of a sudden you're like trying to off the cuff it and you don't have like 
um, a description or something like that prepared for it at that moment, and it can be kind of difficult to keep the um, keep the moment rolling at a pace that's like interesting to everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, ab- absolutely, and I I kind of felt that in our last session when or when your character in my game cast identify on basically a large magic quartz crystal Mm -hmm. and it was i wasn't prepared in that moment i had materials for it and fortunately enough i had a very deep understanding of what properties it possessed and how to describe to you how your character would use them Mm -hmm. but um seeing as it was a little bit overdue i may have even gone a little bit overboard in the actual description of um, not the information you learned but the the detail in which I described it with because you know that was something that we had talked about a while ago where you had just been or where I had been just sitting on it and sitting on it and then the moment came for me to describe it and I got really really excited and wanted to convey that excitement to you and I checked my watch and it was like a half hour later or <laughs> a one minute spell. Yeah. And it gave you a ton of information and obviously everyone loved the description, but it only, it only set back or it only increased the difference in game time versus out of game time, which is something that I've been struggling with in this game where you guys have spent over a month in terms of weekly session meetings in the same or on the same day yeah in the place where you guys are at and it's just been having conversations and you guys will look at something and talk amongst yourselves and i will describe the situation to you and i will describe what you see and i will um or you guys discover something and of course i um you guys roll checks on it and i wind up describing uh, what possibilities it could mean and its history based on your guys' checks. And, and overall, it's taking more and more time to have those um, in-game conversations than it is for in-game time to actually pass, yeah. which is in stark contrast to your game right now, which I feel is going very, very smoothly in with respect to how, how the game is flowing... Uh, at the table and uh, in inside the actual game. Okay. What do you think is different about the game that I'm running and the game that you're running? Because, like, I mean, like, honestly, I don't feel like the... Um, I don't know. I feel like um, there are some pieces where... Uh, in my game, I feel like it's very freeform, you know, like I, I'm really trying to make it as emergent as I can. Oh, Walter's, Walter's meandering in here. There you go, buddy. Sit down, relax. Um, sorry, Walter's my dog. And, uh, no, I was just going to say my, my campaign is very freeform. And so oftentimes, like, I don't have very direct things to be pointing people towards, um, I will say, here are some interesting things. I really hope that they go this way, but I won't necessarily say they must. Um, Do you feel like there are pieces of your campaign where you say, okay, these things have to kind of be unlocked for the next story beat to happen? Or what? how do you think you deliver that type of stuff? Um, A little bit. 
so you know whether or not this is a good or bad thing i i wanted to run a dnd campaign because i had an idea for like a really cool final fight yeah and i wanted to and i wanted to provide the opportunity for players to sort of explore um the rising action uh towards an event that absolutely was going to happen within the world yeah and um I tried to provide that uh, as a lot of world building, um, you know, a story told in conjunction with players and not just me railroading you guys toward this event, but, you know, me submitting ideas for its possibilities and your characters deciding how to interact with them or, or what opportunities they wanted to interact with. And then me taking those back and using them to, to modify and enhance um, this this, this great event that I knew was going to happen from the start. And it's, and yeah, there, there are things to unlock in terms of understanding it, but I, I feel like it's a little dishonest to impose that, that understanding on your characters. Like if you guys don't figure this out, you know, the world is going to end or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and just, back you into an intellectual corner, yeah. which really sucks, and I've been trying to avoid that. So rather than punish you for not figuring it out, I've been trying to provide opportunities to, re to reward you guys for figuring it out early. Because, of course, you don't have to be here. And I took that idea from one of your, your Prince of Chains one-shot way back when, where... It's a story kind of secluded away from a majority of the world, and it has implications for the rest of the world, but regardless, this is an event that is going to happen, and it's what characters decide to interact with it, and, and how, how the characters that do overcome those challenges. Right. And I kind of built this the same way, and didn't force you guys into this position where you have to understand it, but hopefully you feel that you're important enough that you specifically are the ones that should be here and that you guys are just so close to figuring it out. And, and I've been trying really, really hard to reward the progress that you've been making. But again, those rewards, unfortunately, come with a lot of like explanation and time where you guys are like, hmm, you know, I want to figure this out. Uh, can I can I make a history check on this one thing that we found? And yeah. Like here here are the series of memories that you know me trying to reward you. Like here are the series of memories that that remind you of what you're seeing in front of you mm. that that could possibly connect. And then um, you know make or or make an insight check on, on this character's monologue. And it's like okay, like then I have to go back through the monologue and, and describe like more of the facial expressions in a way that's more conducive to an insight check yeah. as if as if this character was actually looking deeper to try and find um, the emotional level of that monologue and determine uh, if any of it was a lie or or um, simply if if anything was more heart-wrenching to this character than not or or just things like that but it's I don't know it's difficult to discern what exactly you guys want to explore but whatever you do want to explore is still a key that will unlock something something else in the future. You know, all of your efforts are, yeah. are going to be rewarded, 
And sometimes, you know, it's always towards the end of session where, where I look down at my watch and it's like, mm, that I, I kind of took, took a while there. And obviously you guys say that you all had fun and you all enjoyed it, but I can understand totally that it's difficult to focus through like you know, a 30-minute explanation, even if it has musical cues and connections to other characters and stuff. Just sitting there for that long might turn it from D&D into just a lecture. Right. Well, um, I have, I guess, like, um, I, I've done a little bit of both of these things, and I have found a lot of uh, success in even when it's those longer form things, um, when I know exactly what I'm going to say beforehand. So like I've gone in and, and had this like this typed out sheet of um, of, you know, like the exact thing that I'm going to say before I go into the exposition, I guess. And so when I like have a speech that I want to say and I, I have it written out and then I go through and I do the musical cues. I find it that I'm not spending that extra time searching for words or things like that because when I go into do a lot of my exposition on larger pieces, if I try and go through and explain and emote and try and find the proper words for that, then it's going to be really difficult for me to... Um, to do all of it at the same time, right? And it takes a lot of extra time to find those words when I shouldn't have to, you know what I mean? So uh, have you had any experience doing stuff like where, ha, ha, what have your experiences been when it comes to um, looking at these improv ones versus pre-written ones? Because there have been some really awesome one, awesome moments in your game. Um, I will quote like the sun thing, uh, where that I felt like was pre-written and uh, what do you like have you seen any difference in the way of delivery from those two things that is super super interesting you say that because the sun was um, or, or or the week before the sun we had talked about um, scaling back some of my notes and um, you know not getting the DM burnout from from expending a lot of very specific effort into writing for situations that wouldn't arise and not writing the, these full long paragraph descriptions. Um, so, so I cut way back and the sun was the first time where I had um, like three word bullet points just for, just for each event. Hmm. And I had like nine or 10 events in that whole monologue. But you know, the first one was uh, bright light, light grows, um, run down tunnel, uh, have a moment, cast a spell, um, see two people, see three people, see two more people, uh, see this uh, four-legged lava-like creature, um, and then picked up, picked up by dragon, fly into air, see island below, and and then of course. Um, Beam from sun, uh, lightning through wings, and uh, land on mountaintop. Like that was, I cut way, way back. I didn't time it to musical cues like I had done in the past. I just sort of had a general idea of where I needed to be, and, and I sort of let um, the musical or the musical cues and your guys' reaction 
guide me there. Um, and it, it's a little like public speaking where you can read people's faces, except, of course, with um, online D&D, you can't really do that. But when I hear the clacking of mechanical keyboards from my players taking notes, I know to sort of, um, or in that moment especially, I knew to kind of um, delve into a little bit more detail there before moving on to the next step, maybe offer a few more sentences, yeah. um, maybe add another emotional tie. Um, what do you was, think I could sorry go, yeah. go continue I apologize I didn't mean to yeah know. just because I knew um, what you guys were like legitimately responding to yeah what do you think was different between that time and the time that we just had because that one was a long description too this there was this was even less notes so maybe I, there's a happy medium off there well um there, there were notes for it, but I didn't find it until about halfway through when I got to the description of these pink arcane strands. Um, your whole blue, that was that was off the cuff. And, and again, I, I will admit, though there, there were notes for it, part of the reason that a moment like that might have taken longer is because I was searching frantically for those older notes because I knew they were there and I didn't want to just off the cuff it in case I forgot something important. Because yeah. That was something I knew I had to reward your your ingenuity and your effort for. Sure. So I was searching for the notes, but on the other hand, I didn't have those notes, so I was I was not mentally all the way there, and, and what mental effort I was using was trying was trying to recreate these notes in my mind, and so so I definitely felt like I kind of suffered in those moments with a little bit of stuff or with a little bit of. Stuttering. Ooh, like, and do you think the multitasking few, was dangerous few, to your it, mental capacity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me going through files and reading, like, okay, this one isn't it, and then clicking on the next one and saying, oh, this one wasn't it, and looking at my calendar and thinking, okay, this was about two months ago, and I know I wrote this down, but kind of going through that, and especially through that description and, and listening to the music and trying to gauge, gauge your guys' reactions... You know, maybe I just should have taken three or four minutes beforehand and looked for yeah. that. But on the other hand, I'm sure, I'm sure I took that same three or four minutes through a lesser version of that description because I was splitting my energy. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I should have just called for a break, but um, I didn't feel like I would have gained or lost time either way. Maybe there was a better way to lose that time. But again, you know, my, my focus right now is because I knew I shouldn't have half-assed it. Um, never never half-assed two things, just whole ass one. <laughs> yeah. And um, but yeah, I guess I, I always consider it like um, you know, like if I'm doing a performance, right? I try and think of these type of things like that, you know, because if I don't have the script to it, like if I don't have my notes then I'm not gonna be able to deliver it correctly. You know what I mean? And so oftentimes I will, um, I will sometimes kind of like feign that I need to like look something up or something like that. And I mean, I guess it's not feigning all the time because you know, you actually do. And when you need to look for that script, right? It helps you get focus. And if I can go like, okay, I get the script and I'm not just like getting the script, I'm also um, like taking a quick look at the notes to kind of familiarize myself because I will want to be like, okay, here's where I'm going. Here's where I 
uh, I need to get to so that I don't just like say a bullet point and then move on to the next one and be like, oh shit, it would have been better if I described it like this because the next bullet point was like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I, I've been in those moments before and, and a lot of what my notes are doing, I guess sort of the mental process for myself doing it is um, my campaign is run on a Thursday. I try not to think about D&D until Monday. Monday, I'll put myself in like the character's shoes um, along with like um, reading your guys' notes and thinking about what you wanted to do and then think about how I would feel in your guys' position Mm -hmm. and just sort of think of where I would want to go next. And from there, once I have sort of that initial clarification, I dedicate uh, uh, Monday night and Tuesday towards thinking of ideas, not even writing anything down, but creating these, uh, creating story beats. Wednesday is writing down these beats that I've sort of thought about and mulled over in my mind yeah. and um, condensing, condensing down um, that information into, into like actual deliverable story. Yeah. And um, especially the transitions in between them and, sort of these assumptions about where you guys are, are going to go as well as the possibilities of where you could wind up. And Thursday right before session is a lot of cramming and, and um, bridging your guys' feelings and your emotional state and your paths to, um, where I, or to the events that I would like to happen and towards the interaction that I think you guys would or I think would be beneficial for uh, you, you all as characters to have, and then, then right before session, I've got a completed document, and that gives me the most time to be creative or to be as creative as possible, without necessarily like writing something down and then binding myself to that. Right. At least if I can keep it in my head, I'm still. It's not so permanent, and obviously, you know, written down on a page, it's not either, but. In my head, at least, it helps to keep it freeform. Hmm. You know, maybe come up with an idea and think like, "Oh, that doesn't make sense," and it doesn't tie back into anything. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't provide any any backstory connections or or any or any opportunities to to move farther on. It's just a cool idea, so you know, then that goes away and that'll go somewhere else and maybe maybe get used at a future point. But you know, the creativity is definitely the most important part. Yeah. But that. I got to leave that to, to simmer in the creative juices of my mind, <laughs> but it, it's definitely tough because I don't have that performance background. And and you talked about not having your script or, or not having your notes in front of you. And, and I've got absolutely no experience with that at all. Yeah. Um, so, so I can't even pretend to try and understand that. And yeah, some, you know, the notes have helped me a lot and, and my notes have evolved, you know, along with my schools of thought over the last year, especially with both yours and, or yours primarily, but also, you know, Zach's advice and, and all these other mediums I've looked through to, to learn how to how to be a better DM for my players. But, you know, I maybe it's like a, a fundamentally flawed way of thinking when when it is taking up more time or when I'm monopolizing on more time than allowing you guys or, or, or you guys having these, um, 
I, I guess I don't know a good way to describe it. Maybe maybe I'm talking more than I should be, and maybe I'm um, spending minutes describing the outcome of a check, or or maybe describing to you less less impactfully because obviously your characters still have a ton a ton of questions, which is almost the worst part that I can that I can create such a barrier between game time and playing time and still you guys aren't coming out of this with what you were going in there looking for you come out with a lot but not not answers and not confirmations or just a lot of suggestions mm. well okay um if we're if we're talking about that i think that sometimes it's it's delivering effective um effective how do i want to say this effective character progression or story progression to characters especially in places where you want to maintain mystery is sometimes difficult um because i say like you know there are things that i kind of put in my game um for example i I think one of the things that I've found to make feel like there's still a lot of progression, even when there's mystery going on, is that I have multiple threads kind of hanging in the balance. And while I leave one as this kind of like longer thread that just kind of overarches and doesn't really give a lot of answers right away, a lot more like short term stuff will get resolved, right? So it will be like things like, um, oh, you know, you guys. For example, going back to the Dawnguard campaign, here's Lance a lot. He stole a thing. You guys don't know where he went. And he was kind of like this weird, ominous, not good guy, right? And he's <laughs> kind of just like sitting over top like you guys have no idea where he went. But here's the Goliath place. You beat someone up, you win. Cool. And then like I drop another little hint. There's like... um. Like this story that like involves Lancelot along this top edge. I was like, you look around in the, you look around in the um, the the ruins and you find a bow and a book on the ground. You go and you pick up the bow and you turn around and the book's gone. Right? There's like little things like that. Yeah. Um, you go through and you like look and like all of a sudden this girl that you defeated kind of like linked up to Lancelot's timeline and it's like, oh, cool. But you're getting a lot of like smaller incremental completed pieces because that type of like feeling like you're you're accomplishing something is super important to players right so like giving a tail end of something like um something like that is is super important having these like chunks of 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 area that feel like they're completing is is awesome because then they feel like okay there's still mystery but things are still happening and i'm still i'm still making progress and so um I would say, like, if you can find smaller things that you can give them, like, those checkpoints on, I would say that that is a really, really valuable way to kind of execute that type of stuff. Um, because it sounds like a lot of things in this area are very much a lot of your overarching pieces, right? And it feels like some of them, like, a lot of them are looming high. And... It sounds like there's not a lot of the lower, more like quick dopamine uh, gets are are happening in this. Would you say that's true? I mean, 
obviously I have to take you at your word because that's how you feel. You know, I, I've been designing these situations with what I think are lower hanging fruit hmm. for you guys to pick, but still leaving, you know, uh, implications to those checkpoints, hmm. you know, like, like the journal on the table, you know, that, that was an opportunity for a checkpoint literally right out in front of you. And, and the, the quandary with reaching that checkpoint is that your character would have to steal mm-hmm. when when no one else was around. And I don't know, it's little checkpoints like that. Uh, another character uh, met a little girl with the same name as his dead mom. And that's, I, you know, I, I think it's somewhat compartmentalized. Sure. It still has threads tying it to the area, but it's not like solving that mystery is going to unlock the, the overall arching totally. thread. And and I guess it's been trying to like differentiate them just because they're all so easily accessible to, and does not mean that they're entirely intertwined. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they're all happening within the same like general vicinity and some of them use the or, or some characters are involved in in multiple threads. But um, again, my trouble is trying to separate them and convince you that they are separate. Hmm. Because, you know, what I feel, especially after our post-session wind-downs, is that I've only been increasing that divide as well. And the more checkpoints I try to offer, all of a sudden, aren't checkpoints, it seems like I'm just throwing... I'm just throwing more and more details onto this huge looming mountain of story. Mm. I, I, my question was more specifically directed towards you. Like, I guess like regardless of, or irregardless, regardless of what we feel, (laughs) um, do you feel like you're offering those, those checkpoints? Uh, do you feel like you're offering the kind of looming area and then the checkpoints along the side? Yeah. Yeah. Until we talk after session, hmm. and then then I no longer feel like that, and then I kind of let those thoughts sit for a few days, and then you know, Sunday, Monday, I'm right back at it, trying to create you know new smaller segments and, and compartmentalize them away from the rest of the story, but create transitions so you guys can access them. Yeah. And then Thursday rolls around, and we go into session, and I'm having a great time, and it seems like you guys are are getting closer and closer, you know each hour we play and by the end of it it i don't know it it always seems to be described as not falling flat because you guys are super super interested and and you each have um different things you you each want to explore as well as you know common um mutual questions about the overarching story and you all understand them to act or or you understand all these to exist as checkpoints and exist as an overarching story, but I, I don't know when it, you know, after session, when we talk about it, your, your notes can recognize the compartmentalization, but we talk and everyone, everyone just describes confusion and frustration with not being able to figure things out. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's really interesting because like, I think because it's it's like 
I think right now, if I were to, so right now, as I communicate with you about this, this is not me sitting in the shoes of, uh, of that character, right? Of course, this is yeah. me trying to be like, here, hi, I'm DM Allen, and trying to talk to Barry DM to DM about, about this type of stuff. So it feels very kind of like weird and dissociative that I'm like, here's this character, Ziv, that I'm talking about, but like, I also play Ziv, so it's, or Florea, I guess it depends on what day it is. So, um, but uh, basically, um, I would say, like, when you take a look at those checkpoints, are you looking for checkpoints in the same area, or are you looking for checkpoints in the same, um, here, actually, let me, let me start this over. Do you feel like us staying in this same space, this same area, without actually, like, having any, um, like, movement through days or through like large progressions of like discovering or interacting with NPCs is hindering us from feeling or hindering your players from feeling like they are making progression. Yeah. Do I think that you guys sitting in the same place is almost a metaphor for you guys feeling like you're, you're trapped in one area? Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've been dealing with the repercussions of that ever since I kind of had to stop you guys from moving. When it came to the sun, I that was a difficult situation for me to handle, and its implications are still very difficult for, for me to, to try and, and convey, obviously, because there's still portions of that that you guys will never know and never understand. I mean, I'm sure there's some parts that I'll never know or understand. And hell, I'm the guy running the game. Right. It was a son. Um, <laughs> and there, I didn't just want, I didn't just want to say, you know, here's an unexpected situation that is so much more pungent than rocks fall, everyone dies. This is, you are all instantaneously boiled alive. And I just hated that possibility. So I spent, that, that was some of the most time I've spent before a D&D session creating outcomes. You know, that was one week where Monday night I was writing down possibilities. And then you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, it was seeing where each one of those possibilities could possibly come out. You know, It was Doctor Strange and Avengers looking through all the different timelines, <laughs> seeing which ones could even possibly lead to a success, looking at which ones and saying, okay, this is a definite failure no matter what they do. And, you know, the next one is the same one. And finding a few that are, um, okay, here's, here's some possibilities in which they can survive. And then from there, it's me creating an interaction where it feels like they have that chance, even in the face of like looming, imminent, immediate visceral death yeah and you know pre-rolling dice for the situations because i knew i couldn't do those in the moment and, and creating these characters who, who all of a sudden knew about this event and understood its implications greater than you guys and knew what they had to do in order to stop it but you guys saw these events and um, you know that was that was really difficult but overall your guys's survival wound up at basically the end hmm. you guys got to the finish line but you didn't complete the race yet i guess is the best way to describe it and now you've just been sitting here soaking in 
soaking in all the information that you could have got from other places because I, I can't take everything you guys could have learned and everything you guys could have earned away from you just because I had to move you to, to a different place. And I, I don't know, but to answer your question very specifically, yes, you being in this place and not really unable to move, but not moving and sort of having everything in one area might make it feel less dynamic. Maybe the environment being static is um, not super conducive to a, to a dynamic problem-solving environment. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, sometimes being in the same place in D&D can make me feel like not a lot is happening. Um, I, I felt like in... So I ran a game called Ebonvale, which you played in for a long time, and I felt like... like wow, this is really cool that we can do an entire campaign in basically this one city. Um, this one city is like, it, you can, you can, it's big. And so I basically made it so I want to see if I can run an entire campaign in one city. But there was some stuff where I felt like you guys were going to the, back to the same places, feeling safe all the time. There was not really a lot of like you going around and exploring or things like that. And I kind of was just, it felt like there was some stagnance in there. And I think this, to me right now, this last month of, of doing that, from what you're saying, sounds like there's some, it, you're feeling some of that stagnance in like not uncovering new places. Uh, and I, I sometimes feel like that a little bit in Lefwakesh too, where I will be looking at some pieces of Lefwakesh and be like, okay, like I want them to move a little bit further away from their comfort zone. Because I find oftentimes when I push my characters out of their comfort zones, they feel much more interested in trying to return to their comfort zone, right? So, like, if I say, you know, you have, or like, here's a city, generally you feel safe in it, they will sometimes just be like, okay, cool, like, let's, like, here's the status quo, we can stay in the status quo and not feel like we're in danger. And so oftentimes I will be trying to throw things at you that will change this status quo and make you feel like this is not a place that's supposed to be um, kept as a safe place, I guess. So um, I don't know, it, it can be really difficult to try and find ways to make single areas feel like they are incredibly... Um, interesting in that sense or progressive in that sense because you really need to be able to find events that push your players out of their comfort zones to make those places feel interesting and um yeah i think that it can it can be super difficult to do that sometimes especially when you want to be able to give them a lot of awesome information about this place that might be pertinent later yeah those I guess it's difficult to speak on that, especially when some of the smaller scale checkpoints I've tried to offer are like they like they have to be localized. You know, some of these are are local checkpoints that can only be dealt and solved with um, in their granted small capacity, but only in this one location. And the overarching story does have a beat that needs to be hit in this location, but um, you know, there there are solutions and paths elsewhere but it, it's you know maybe that's my fault for trying to you know weeks ago when you guys said that you were confused and frustrated maybe I, 
I've definitely been trying to show you these these local checkpoints here and offer some of that progression, but maybe that's being misconstrued as part of that overarching overarching story that that looming unattainably reachable mountaintop mm -hmm. and that's that's being misconstrued as part of this same area too you know me trying to create a progressive environment is first contingent on you guys solving some of these checkpoints here because they're right in front of you and they're easy and and I wouldn't want take time and move you guys somewhere else where you could solve other localized checkpoints elsewhere, you know, get those quick solutions that make it feel very progressive. But, you know, that would require a lot of time to do that. These are right here. And I don't want you guys to be just confused, and just frustrated. Mm -hmm. But so, so I've been trying to show you those here, but that's only been contributing, contributing to the overarching problem further creating that divide where you guys are trying to figure this out in and out of character, even though over the last probably four to five weeks out of game, you guys are still on the same day at the top of this literal mountain. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's try and uh, think about it a different way then. What, in what ways are you trying to deliver the hints to get people to those checkpoints? Are they, um, are they just kind of like placing an item in the area, hoping that we explore and find it, using an NPC to guide someone towards it, showing people that there's this progression of stuff happening? Um, uh, there have been, I think, a couple of instances in this uh, in this place where I feel like I'm trying to figure out what progression is going on. Like, for example, the tar on this, uh, like, I would say, so for example, um, there's like this, this, like big magical thing that happened this guy who had scars got healed by this almost necrotic energy and um basically it coalesced as like tar on his skin that basically coated him so that uh he could like sit in a cocoon and heal right and i mean that's like the the basic understanding of it for our listeners but um, what happened is I, I feel like I'm going back and forth, like trying to figure out what's happening to this guy and the progression of what's happening to him is going on so slowly. Like I will go back and you'll be like, like four cracks have appeared and I'll come back like two hours later and you'd be like eight cracks have appeared. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening with him, but I'm like trying to figure it out. Um, like, do you feel like those instant, like what type of instances have you used in those scenarios to try and further that story progression and further like those um, possible hint attainments? I don't know, because that's, that's frustrating to me, even though I know it's my fault, but when you say that you go off, it's to have a few minute conversation with someone. I mean, he, he's still on the ground and healing even by the fastest process even in a D&D &D world where you can go from dead to alive over the course of a long rest you know eight hours these these few minute conversations are, are not just going to offer a solution right away but I get that out of game you checked on him four hours later you know that's that's the frustrating part that I don't I'm losing the ability and, and more and more know or the the divide is making this more and more difficult as it continues to happen you know 
it's getting almost to the point where it's too late for me to be able to come back from it. And that's what's the most frustrating part of it. But time is time is going slow because you guys just spend a few minutes walking around the camp and you have a very quick conversation with each other and you guys look around and you discover all these things and then you go back to what you were doing and you're like, hmm, why hasn't anything changed? Like, I don't know, it's only been 15 That's minutes. That's fair. That's fair. So I guess, what about this? We've talked about this a tiny bit, but um, I've talked about uh, kind of like player versus character time dilation a little bit. Yeah, um, that's exactly what this is. That's the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, because like for players, right, they feel like this progression should be happening faster, even if for the characters it's been 15 minutes, right? For the players, it's been like four hours, right? Because all of these things going on and like everybody doing these different things, even like made even worse if a party splits up and all of the sudden like you have to like hold on to four different activities that are going on. And then all of that happens in 15 minutes and then they come back four hours later and it's only been 15 minutes. It's like there's this really funky kind of thing where like it just feels like nothing's happening sometimes. Um, and so I have often found myself if that type of stuff happens, I find myself allowing things in the world to kind of like be faster because I want those I want players to feel like they're hitting a milestone. You know what I mean? So like, for example, if you guys um if you guys are, I don't know, like the thing that only comes to my head right now is is this dude covered in tar. So I'm just going to do that, right? Yeah, sure. So like normally. Yeah, because that, that's your localized, you know, mystery. That's something that you've been really interested in. Right. And trying to provide that progression. Yeah, let's right. talk about that. So I, I think that like with this guy, right, to me, I, I would say like if it's been like four hours, I would do like, I don't know, like let's say like this tar turned him into a beagle, right? Let's say that that happened, right? He starts out as a as a triton, he gets covered in tar, he becomes a beagle, right? So like what I would do is I would say, okay, well he's covered in tar and then you see that he's like kind of like these there are these cracks that are forming and then all of a sudden like you come back and it's been only 15 minutes in in time. Normally I would say like this guy would heal overnight. Right, but if my characters seem super invested in this, right, they're trying really hard to make sure that they're like, I've put a game piece in front of them and I said, focus on this, and they're focusing on it. And they're like, look, I'm, I'm really trying, I'm trying to look at your thing. If they ask me a million times and nothing happens, then all of a sudden I've asked them to focus on something that never changes, right? And, and that changes based on the dilation of time that they've experienced in the game, right? Because if they come, if one character comes back and says, I look at the tar monster and nothing has changed over 15 minutes, like that might make sense in the real world um, and in like the physics of the game, literally. But if they keep coming back and they're like, I'm trying to focus on this thing that uh, the DM has put in front of me and the DM keeps saying, well, nothing has changed. Like it has only been 15 minutes, but like they're, they're trying to say, I'm doing what you want like nothing's happening I'll just stop and then all of a sudden you've lost them forever because at that point it's like well they feel like nothing is happening even if it's been 15 minutes and the dilation's been good or like you know the the dilation has been kind of funky um you know that that can be a discouraging thing I would say because like I'm sure that there's something crazy happening there but the fact that I've checked it like 
four times makes me feel like nothing seems to be happening. I guess I'll just like not care about it until something happens. You know what I mean? Um, So oftentimes I will find those ways and say like, okay, you've checked on him four times. You look inside and like the head pieces have sheared off and he has beagle ears now, right? Like it's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, um, like I want, I, I gotta have more of that. Like, can I talk to him now? Is is his mouth open? Like, can, can I see him? Like, can I start communicating with him? Does he sound weird? Does he look funky? Like things like that. Like, um, I think that to me, especially when a character feels like they're trying to, um, they're trying to interact with something that I told them to focus on, I oftentimes find myself way more lenient and forgiving in allowing that time dilation to be less of a fact, or to be uh, more of a factor, because if they are trying to interact with things that I want them to interact with, I should reward them for that, right? Um, and so that's oftentimes how I feel like I handle things in Lefwakesh, because you guys will say, okay, look, I'm going to this thing that you said you wanted me to look at, and I will say, okay, well, let me give them extra information because they're focusing on the things that I have put in front of them that I told them I would reward them for focusing on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. The difficult uh, the difficult part to actually focus on there is the fact that this didn't have to be a checkpoint. And I didn't tell you that you had to focus on this. I, I put it in front of you, but... I want to reward you for wanting to explore it, for not feeling like it's the right choice for your character to explore this. And especially if this has any kind of object permanence at all for future usability, I certainly don't want to start misconstruing rules and all of a sudden shaft you later if, you know, for example, this did heal this creature and later on you got hurt and you somehow found more of this stuff and put it on you and your character was under the impression, oh yeah, in 10 minutes I'll be better because the last time I saw this interact with someone else, that's how it worked. I don't want, it's tough sticking to rules and trying to reward you if this is something you want to do and not something I've made you feel like you've been forced to look into. Mm-hmm even though it is one of those smaller localized checkpoints. And I'm so happy that you are invested in it. If you're truly invested in it, then you have the opportunity to continue interacting with it later. Sure. This, this will provide you some kind of, um, some kind of uh, lore reward for figuring it out, as well as a tangible reward for understanding how it works and being able to use it later. Mm-hmm. And, I don't want to misconstrue it as all of a sudden, yeah, here's some here's some melted asphalt that when you rub it on your skin, it's just instant life, you know. Like I, you know, it's it, it's the timeliness while rewarding your your efforts and you know, it sucks because I know you're invested in it and my god, you know, I felt like I had to speed up the process infinitely. This guy was supposed to be here for a full period of 24 hours, but you checked on him twice in the span of under an hour. So yeah, this, this, what was initial, like very wet, viscous material already started to harden and crack and and gray in color. And some of the skin is now visible in between these cracks and, and there's a portion of the mouth broken off. So this guy can breathe. That was not supposed to happen that quickly, but 
it needs to happen even more quickly because mm. every little bit I give you, every every bit I try to speed it up, then you want more and then you want more, which is totally okay. I absolutely love hearing that, but at some point it's not instantaneous. Yeah. And you know, it, it kind of feels like if I give a mouse a cookie and, and it, it's balancing that and it's absolutely nothing against your character because I totally understand where you're coming from. And if this to you feels like your localized checkpoint, something that you can solve and feel that progression, especially in what has become a stagnant environment, you're going to put all your effort into looking towards this. And I want to reward that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's just something I haven't figured out how to how to reward you for it yet. Yeah, I guess it's and balancing the efforts. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think the the, the tar guy is like is necessarily the only thing that I'm I'm talking about too. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't think that that's necessarily me being like Barry. Here's the problem I have. Right. I, <laughs> I'm more talking about like in general in story progression. It's valuable to keep that type of stuff in mind and be flexible when characters focus on things. And if that's true, and th then it sounds like you have been right. But it, it sounds like there might be other places where characters are trying to find things, and it's not happening uh, in the in the time frame that you're wanting it to. So, um, do you ever find yourself in these type of instances, being like, "Okay, this shit's been going on for too long. Like, here's a bomb." it's all blown up, go somewhere else. Like, do you ever find yourself doing that? Cause I feel like there are instances where I've been like, you guys have been here for too long. You're taking too much time. There's not enough here for you to actually care about. You think there's too much more than you think there's more than is actually here. Stop talking about it. Go somewhere else. Like how do how, yeah, how would I, you handle that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've, I've been in that position where it's not rocks fall. Everyone dies. It's rocks fall and you run far away someplace else. So the story can continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've absolutely been in that position. And I've done that off the top of my head right now, I think twice. But that's kind of bit me in the ass because it only contributes to the, the larger unattainable or unattainably understandable story. If that string of words made any sense at all. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, um because like I don't know, saying here's here's a bomb, you guys, you know, metaphorically, you guys have been here too long, I'm going to move you somewhere else. You guys are still invested enough in the story of what's happening at the time that you are physically moving, you're not mentally moving. But all of a sudden, there's an entirely new environment and all these mysteries just seem to mount up higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And that's and that's a timeliness thing in game as well where characters can't you know or some characters can get across the world instantaneously other ones have to actually move. And you know the thought just occurred to me now maybe maybe I should specifically introduce the idea of I guess I don't even know what you'd call them like like a take 10 roll over a longer period of time like maybe say like you know if your character had on on the third time visiting this creature i maybe i should have said like hey if you want to pay attention to this guy and what happens to him oh like throughout the rest of the day roll once now and we'll just say that you continue to do it and at the end of the day i'll tell you what you what you see like 
throughout this process because like i'll tell you out of character it's going to take a while like please stop checking in on him sure every conversation like maybe i should do that and like introduce the idea of like quote unquote taking 10 not by the rules of doing so but saying like hey you're allowed to take a while to do something your check doesn't have to be instantaneous you're allowed to do things and i don't know yeah no i i agree i think that um that that type of that type of interaction oftentimes gets lost right when people look at D and they say okay make a check right that can oftentimes be like okay this is happening only now but yeah maybe it does happen like that and maybe you just allow us to move for or maybe you make uh, it available for your players to move forward without having to do that consistently and when I say bomb too, it doesn't necessarily mean like a like a physical bomb. Oh right? yeah. Like what I would be like is what I'd be saying is, here's a bunch of stuff. Stop thinking about it. Here are answers to like half your questions. All right, be done. So like it could be like this like this this information bomb too. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to necessarily be rocks. You know. So um, I would say like even in that instance, like I, I've done that a couple times. I think. Because I felt like you guys are just kind of sitting there doing like I can think of a couple times in Ebonvale that I did this because it was just like I felt like there was nothing that was really happening and I was trying to just push you along, get you to the next place, right? And so, um, yeah, I think that uh, don't allow it to just be, you know, um, a, a physical bomb too, you know, like that type of stuff can be really valuable when you drop a ton of um, answers on them. I think that the the most prudent thing though is that you have to be or prudent thing, Alan. Come on, um, the most valuable thing is that you try and give that information to people like in a, in a creative way, because you don't want to just kind of dump it all on them and be like, here you go, cool. Give it to them in a way that allows them to figure it out and also feels like it's valid to the setting, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think that those type of things can be often hard to do, but I think that if you attempt them, oftentimes they will they will work. Um, I feel like I'm just going on a tangent now, but yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, no, and that's like, to be honest, that was part of the plan. So the idea with this campaign right now is... It was supposed to go until I graduated college, and it was all supposed to be in person, but at the start of the semester, we had a lot of scheduling conflicts, and towards the second half of my second semester, um, well, it it was right over Christmas break, I, I was having to cut content by then and cut story threads and retwine things together, um, for the listeners, because you already know about this. And um, because I knew that, you know, we'd have to end two weeks, two weeks before the end of school for you know, finals week and dead week. And so I was having to make these sacrifices and then the Rona hit and everything shut down and we moved to Discord. And while getting used to that, everyone started discussing the idea of continuing to do it because we had been forced into using an online platform that once we figured it out continued to give us like a lot of new opportunities not exactly what we were used to but allowed us to continue the game more so 
I was allowed to add more content into the game, to to re-add the content I had back into the game and re-add story threads, but also provide the opportunity um, for like season two is what I've been calling it. Um, you know, sort of dealing with the implications of, of where season one is, is going to end. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that lore dump is coming up, but I don't want it to feel or. Before that happens, I don't want I don't want it to feel dishonest when you were to get those same explanations from someone more important, and then your characters would just be able to brush that off like, ah, yes, you have nothing left to offer. You know, the important characters should carry important story beats, but the longer we go and the closer we get to those moments, things or, or the less important moments are, are sort of withering away naturally. And these more important beats are are sort of what's sort of what's left, mm. I, I I guess you know, or or they're growing in importance already, and that that moment's coming, I guess is the way to say it. But I don't want you to feel punished when. When a moment like that comes, when you have the opportunity for a lore dump, I don't want you to feel punished like, oh, rats, how didn't we figure that out, you know? I don't want it to feel like that. I want you guys to be rewarded for figuring it out early because by the end of these events, everyone will automatically know, um, will automatically have figured it out. The The outcome is is just conducive to that explanation as soon as these things happen you'll automatically know how and why yeah and all these less important beats are sort of the threads into other areas of the world that you guys can explore later so it's trying to keep them separate from this overarching story even though they themselves are kind of like their individual paths to overarching stories so i can see how they might get wrapped up in this like single event that's that's um, going to happen, and and you guys are looking for this lore dump that you know everyone can feel is coming, but you know maybe maybe it's still too far off. Like I don't know the the time dilation is a, is a very very difficult thing, but it's I don't know it, it it's very difficult and. and I'm still trying to, to figure it out, especially with you know my my current situation dealing with that. Um, for for all the listeners, I'm actually planning on moving soon. I don't know when, but before that happens, I'd like to I'd like to have these moments be in person. Um, don't worry, our group's only four, so <laughs> still still conforms to CDC standards. Yeah, and we can and, we can um, have six feet apart when we when we're together, so we're all good. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No one freak out. Um, no, I, I want to have those moments in person. And so it's, it's the timeliness of getting you guys to those moments, even though conversations take a set amount of time because people only speak so quickly, but I don't know. It, it's still, it's still very difficult. So if anyone listening has advice, that'd be, that'd be great. And I know that Alan, Alan is always around to offer advice, but I, I'm still in the predicament where I'm, I'm trying to define the problem. 
know, it's difficult for me to ask for help when I don't know specifically what, you know, what the problem is. There, there's a multitude of factors, but, but I don't think I can quite put it into a sentence yet. I just know that the time dilation is a big contributing factor as of right now. Mm. Yeah. But that's a good word for it. And that, and that helps me a lot. I've been looking, I've been looking for that word for that part of the problem, the time dilation. Yeah. It's always good to have conversations about it. Yeah. Always talk to your DMs. Always make sure that they know what's happening. But yeah, I think that's, that's um, important, you know, because I think um, it's hard sometimes when you feel like, oh, I've been playing this session for four hours and we've technically only created like 30 minutes of in-game content. So um yeah. yeah it's difficult sometimes but i i think that that type of stuff is is a constant battle i guess um and oftentimes i will just try like if anybody's looking for things to try um i have oftentimes just been like okay well like i will level with you like here's this and that um the these are certain things like where I will I will kind of like break sorry I will level with people and I'll break the meta a little bit and kind of say all right guys like let me help kind of realign what we're doing here's something to talk about here like here's where we will go um and try and get on on the same page as everybody else so that they will understand like where I'm coming from and where they're coming from and I'll be like okay I really want to hit this story beat because for me I I want to make sure I get there um, and sometimes that will be useful to the players being like, oh, okay, there's something that we want to get to. Um, and that will kind of give like this meta direction, which will keep them engaged in, in the, um, in the in character stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I think that it's sometimes I, I would just suggest leveling with the characters, right? Because, or with the players, because I, I recognize how awesome it can be to have an entire game session where you are just consistently just role playing and talking and you don't have to get in, into any like real rules discussion. But sometimes it's valuable just to be like, hey, guys, I want to get here today. Like, let's get to this place. And then, you know where you're going. They know where you want to go. And you both are committed to getting there. And it even if they feel less drive in trying to... Um, you know, complete what's actually going on right now. And even if the time dilation feels weird, they know that there is a place that you're trying to get to. And they know that there is a destination. Because I feel like sometimes in these type of like time dilation kind of problems, it can feel aimless. Like they're just like, I'm trying to do something. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm trying to move around and, and get there. Um, oftentimes that can be very difficult to feel like, they know where they're going, but if you tell them there's a place that we're getting to, I know I want to get there. I'm going to help try and get us there. That sometimes can add a little bit more understanding and direction to a player's desire for the session. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something I I'm definitely going to wind up doing with you guys. Yeah, because excuse I, me before and, the start of next session. Yeah, and I feel like I I haven't. Sometimes I haven't heard um, from you, I guess, like I have this story beat that I want to get to today. And and that might be useful, like just saying, hey, guys, I have a place where we're going. So that might uh, be valuable to us to have an understanding that you have a direction for this and that you know where we want to go for that time. I 
again, it's just, you know, it's, it's overcoming the fear of mounting more questions and frustrating you guys on, in addition to the possibility of frustrating you guys with being directed, at least if you're frustrated that that might be, you know, your own decision. But then if I'm going out of my way and saying, hey, we hit the story beat, here's 20 specific questions I'm giving you and you have no specific answers to doing so. I'd hate to I'd hate to outline your frustrations so rigidly and then basically hand those hand those over to you. I do have story beats and to be honest, like you guys have been hitting them. I, I've gotten pretty good at judging that. I'm infinitely better than I was a year ago right. and I'm way, way better than I was six months ago. And I feel like we've you know, in my game gotten into a stride where I can sort of guess your your expectations, you know, even the other night, um, just last Thursday, fortunately, we were allowed to go later. So I, you know, we did go, um, we did go that extra half hour because I didn't expect to have a half hour where where you identified that central, or or you identified this like very crucial central piece. Right. And so we spent some time doing that, and then you know by the end of session we had hit the we had hit the cliffhanger that I wanted to hit, and like we've gotten pretty good at that, and. That makes me happy to know that I'm good at it, but um, if if I tell you that you know there are specific things that are going to happen, you think that might worry you as players more? No, I don't think that you have to. You're tell not me, figuring out. I don't know if you have to say like, well, I, this there are specific things that are going to happen. You can say there are a couple story beats that I want to hit, and like, you're not telling us what story beats we're hitting. You know what I mean? Like, I just be like, all right, I want to hit one more story beat, like. That's fine, right? I don't think that that's un- unreasonable um, because some events are just going to happen, right? Like you said, there's some things that are just going to happen. And um, whether those story beats hit us, I guess, is is up to you. But making sure that we have an understanding that there are those beats there is, I think, just as important to knowing that... Um, because there's there's this fluidity right between having this free form kind of game where the players can do whatever they want but also having this i'm going to hit these story beats and having the mixture of those two things making sure that the players feel agency but also making sure that you have agency because once again you're the dm you're a player you should be having fun and you should be getting to do what you want to do right um that those two things have to mix right because um that's the way that everybody has fun and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give us a bunch of questions on a story beat or more answers on a story beat. It's just a story beat. It doesn't necessarily have to pertain to everything, but it might pertain to small things. And it doesn't need to be this crazy, big, huge, overarching, you know, masterpiece of a story beat. It's just one, just one beat. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't overthink it too much. I would just say, you know, like giving people direction with that is is um, something that allows them to gauge where they're at in the session or in the storyline that you're trying to convey at the time. But you guys can certainly feel the, the, the stagnancy, the, the same as I can. I think that those story beats that you know, I want to hit and that you guys are automatically doing a, a wonderful job of hitting accordingly are pretty visible. And, and maybe I'm over 
over-assuming your abilities that you can instantaneously tell when it's you guys um, creating an event or when it's me with pre-written notes saying like, okay, here's here's the one or two things that happen. You know, obviously I know them and I'm biased when maybe I think that they're too they're too out of place or my plans are too transparent. I don't know. Give it a give it a try. You know, get, see if it works, yeah. and if it does work, do it. That's the cool thing about being a DM is like you don't have to do everything perfect the first time, right? We all know that being a DM is hard, and trial and error is the way to do it, right? If I do something like if I say, "Oh, this tar like heals this guy in 15 minutes," and then all of a sudden like my player tries to heal themselves with it, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's OP!" Like then I change it. You know what I mean? It doesn't it, like the game doesn't have to be consistent all the time. I mean, even the best game masters in the world change things that they previously built because they're not working, right? So I don't think that it necessarily has to be that you do it perfectly the first time. I think that if you expect yourself to do it perfectly the first time, every single time, you're never going to be perfect and it's always going to feel like a failure. You know what I mean? So like, I would say that's just like general advice for every DM. Like don't, it's not going to be perfect. Just try it out. And if you like it more, you're getting closer to quote-unquote perfect perfect you're never going to be perfect but it's always going to be better than it was last time if you try it and then gain experience and knowledge of whether that worked or not yeah yeah for sure i mean certainly anything helps yeah especially in situations like this yeah um so yeah like i'll I'll be sure to try that cool well barry do you have anything else you want to talk about today dude um no i think that does it for me cool all right well um, I think that that was a wonderful conversation. I am excited to see where it goes for next week. And I'm excited to see the story beats that you have set up. Um, other than that, I think that we are good. Are you ready to blast off? I know you got to get back on your spaceship, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I am. All right, cool, dude. Well, I will talk to you soon. And everybody else, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a wonderful time. Uh, I, uh, love you all a little, only a little though. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening. The fact that you have made it here to the end means the world to us. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show support. You can follow us on Twitter at A Journey's Rest, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash A Journey's Rest Podcast. If you have any questions for us to answer, you can send them in to journeysrestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us, and we hope that the rest of your day is just as wonderful. See you again at our table soon.